official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Those sleigh bells can only mean one thing. It's Christmas, everyone! Merry Christmas and welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Christmas Day, Saturday, December 25th, 2021 at dnrstudios.com and the DNR Cast app, the only place you can hear this podcast live and throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen anywhere else, leave me your ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Email me your Christmas dick pic at adam at adamsank.com. Like the Facebook page, download the comedy albums, get your official ass merch at adamsank.com. And remember, you can call us anytime. Call us and give us a Christmas greeting. 804-TALK-ASS. And please get vaccinated if you haven't already done so. Today, as I said, it is our special annual Christmas special. This has become a tradition here on the ass. We have uh, musical performances by some of our favorite artists who have been on the show. And this year, you'll get to hear songs by the lovely Erica Amato, who we have on every year, uh, my name twin, Adam Schenk, So Brown, and my incredibly talented boyfriend, Patrick Bod, making his musical debut on the ass. Uh, but first, it's time to introduce my guest co-host today, a man who just finished eating a very bougie bagel, <laughs> my friend and yours, Steve Cesaro. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited wow. to be back. <laughs> <laughs> that two-week-old bagel was so good the second time around. <laughs> now, Steve, where will you be uh, on Christmas Day when this airs? On Christmas Day, I will be upstate in Millerton, New York, with my husband and my now three dogs. Oh. Did I tell you I got a new dog? Yes. Yeah, I saw Noah. pictures. Yeah. So uh, we'll be up there having our Christmas morning. Just the five of you. Just the five of us. Mm. And my little brother will be up there, too. Oh, cute. Yeah. So the first time, he he normally, he's kind of a curmudgeon sometimes. He I should Well, he knows who he is, and he if he doesn't want to do something, he won't do it. So I asked him if he wanted to come up for Christmas, and he said, yeah. And I was actually really surprised because I thought he was going to say no. So now I have to, uh, you know, fulfill that obligation, but I'm excited to see him. Uh, he Lovely. just got his master's yesterday. Oh, congratulations. His second master's in uh, nursing administration. Mazel tov. Right? Smart so. cookies in the Cesaro family. Really? Uh, also with us, as always, is our... Uh, our, our queen of Christmas, J.B. Bercy. Hello, Adam. Hello, Christmas queen. I, I'm Okay, I'm a little disappointed because, you know, we usually have live guests. And, you know, I like seeing Alex Ortega. Oh, I know. Mm. I know. Alex Ortega mm. is quite scrumptious. <laughs> Let him play, play some notes to my Badesi. But, you know, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing as, as last year where people are a little bit wary about uh, getting together in a studio. Yeah. Plus, this year, people aren't necessarily in New York. That's fair. So I was just happy to get these four songs, honey. Yeah, and let I me tell you something. You I had to sell my ass on the street to get them. It was not easy. I mean, isn't that something that you do on a normal basis? Yeah, it's then? a Saturday. How yeah. dare you? <laughs> Shade. <laughs> JB, how will you be spending uh, Christmas Day? Uh, you know, usually you would have a holiday party. I'll go with my mom. Me? Me? Yeah, you. Yeah. I would just hang out with you on a holiday party at my mom. I don't like doing any of that this year. I'll fuck my mother. I'm hanging out by myself. Um, that's the Eb Ebenezer Bercy. Yeah. Bah humbug. Bah humbug. <laughs> well, I hope you do something nice for yourself that day. Oh, yeah. I'm going to cook me a nice dinner, some nice things, and then prepare for my birthday in two weeks because I'm doing a house party yes it's jb's birthday january 8th and yes. he is always open to receiving gifts checks yes. money orders oh yes uh gift cards are always welcome and you can send those dick pics. to uh courtesy of dnr studios yes uh what's the address here i i don't remember but wait it's literally right in front of me <laughs> <laughs> on gail's candy box uh the address here is dnr studios 344 West 38th Street, room 204, New York, New York, 10018. So, yes, yes. gifts for JB are welcome. I um, appreciate it. Yeah. So, what would you guys say is your favorite and least favorite things about Christmas and the whole holiday season? 
Steve, you go first. Mine is actually the exact same thing is I love gift giving, but I don't like seeing the money go out of my account, but I adore giving people gifts. It actually gets me in trouble because I think I'm overly generous, but then I have major anxiety afterwards and I'm like, oh shit, I've spent so much money. So my favorite and least favorite thing is giving people gifts. I kind of feel the same. Yeah. I made a list this year of all the people I need to give gifts and or tips to, and it just gets fucking longer every year. Yes, yeah, Steve's holding up a little candle that I brought him. Thanks, I brought some JB some stuff. Again, I appreciate you giving me gifts. Like you, you don't have to give me anything. Like just, I know, just, just I your bagels, gift enough. I appreciate you so much because I know my bagel, my big order is expensive. Yes, I do. I understand <laughs> that. And I appreciate you for doing this. So again, it's my pleasure. I love giving gifts to people. I, I love giving gifts to people, but I too worry that like, oh my God, it's like a lot of money so when expensive. you add it all up. <laughs> um, fortunately, with my family, you know, I have a big family with all the nieces and nephews, yeah. and. Uh, we do Hanukkah Harry every year, which is like Secret Santa. Uh, so I only have to get one gift. But then I also get gifts from my parents regardless. So, yeah, I think my least favorite thing about the holiday – because I actually – I'm a sucker for all the Christmas shit. Like I love the Christmas yeah. lights, Christmas trees, Christmas carols. That's why we always have music on this show. I, I grew up sort of deprived of all that as a Jew. Aww. And I love it. I love Christmas specials on TV. Um, but there is something very stressful about this time of year. It's like suddenly there's so much that you have to get done in a very short amount of time. Yes. And particularly this podcast this year almost killed me because between last Saturday and this Saturday, it's uh, it's six episodes that we're banking. Jesus. It's a lot. You know, now that you are in a, in a relationship and in, in your 50s, it is difficult to keep How up. How dare you? I am not in my 50s. <laughs> I am 50, you cunt. I had to plug it in at least in, in, in one of the episodes. We will not have any age shaming on this show. So I wanted to um, kick off this hour with a list because you know I love a list. And originally I had chosen a list from The Advocate that had come out fairly recently. It was like 13 queer period films you must watch over the holidays. Period meaning they take place at another time. And then I was I was compiling the list as I was going through it. I was like, these are boring-ass movies that I would never want to see. I mean, except for like one or two of them. And I don't think my listeners are going to want to hear about them either. So instead, I picked a different list, which is from Time Out New York – or excuse me, Time Out London. Um, they came out with a list in June of uh, this past year, the best LGBTQ movies of all time. And these are movies you'll have heard of for the most part, unlike those period films, which will just put you to sleep. So – uh, we're going to go backwards, and you guys can tell me if you've watched this film and whether you would recommend it. Number 10 is Orlando. No. JB's shaking his head. I don't think I've seen it either. This is uh, Sally Potter's 1992 adaptation of Virginia Woolf's novel. Tilda Swinton plays an immortal gender-swapping artisto who looks equally good in Dublé and Hose or on a motorbike. I don't know what Dublé is. Um, Quentin Crisp plays Elizabeth I. Billy Zane is in it. Um, it sounds pretty trippy. Uh, coming in at number nine is Beautiful Thing. This is about uh, two schoolboys, Jamie and Stay, who have a wide-eyed romance, um, which turns out to be less complicated than the lives of some of the characters around them. Um yeah, I don't know this movie no. at all. Number eight is a movie that made a big splash a few years ago. It's Call Me By Your Name. Oh. Starring Timothy Chalamet and cannibal uh, Army Hammer. <laughs> you know he's been revealed as a cannibal. Really? Yes. He sent letters. He sent emails or letters to his girlfriend saying he wanted to kill her and eat her. That that would like turn him on. Oh, yeah, I he... remember that. Oh. Does he actually this. act on it? or, or... He's never acted on it no. as far as we know, but it has not been good for his career. I mean, I let him eat this badissi. <laughs> eat that badissi. <laughs> yeah. How do you guys feel about Call Me By Your Name? Did you both see it? This is the one with the peach, right? That's yeah. Uh, this is the one with the peach. Uh, should I, you go first? I go first. Uh, sis, you go first. Uh, you know, there was something interesting. There, there's always this line with me um, with, with age discrepancies. And he was in high school, wasn't he? The, the boy was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. And once you get to that, it, it, it's hard for me to enjoy a movie that there's a very clear age difference and there's inappropriate things going on. Because he was like, what, 16, I think 17? he's 17 and Army Hammer's character was supposed to be like 25, 26. 
Oh, they were. I thought he was much older. Um, Army Hammer turned. No, because he's a graduate student. Oh, got it. Um, I mean, that isn't as bad, but it was still. I remember watching it and thinking, like, are we allowed to like this movie? Like, I didn't. I didn't know to allow. You felt myself. guilty about yeah. it. Um, you know, and then there was parts that were shocking, like the peach situation was a little kind of shocking and funny at the same time. When he fucks a peach. Uh huh. Um. So I don't know. I, I think I give it a, a 50 out of 50. Or no, I would call it 50 out of 100. Like, I could go either way. JB? Um, okay, so I'm glad you brought up the age description up because I felt the same way. Uh, like I felt like I was living my past all over again. You know, me in high school, fuck around with the older man because, you know, that's hashtag gay life. And since, I don't know, I, I want to relive my past. I, I haven't dealt with my trauma yet. So. <laughs> And then the peach fucking, it started a whole nother thing where now they're just only fans of people fucking watermelons and shit. I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done. So I haven't actually seen any of that. And now I'm going to look for it. Um, I'm okay. I hate this movie and not because there's a, you know, I wasn't particularly bothered by the age discrepancy because it's fictional and uh, it was the eighties before we knew that such things were not good. It takes place in the 80s, I mean. I just thought it was boring as fuck. That too. Call Me By Your Name is one of those art house movies that everyone raves about and that when I go to see them, I'm like, this is so goddamn boring, I want to peel my face off. I really, it went nowhere, nothing happened. The scene with the father and him at the end, I don't understand what the fuck either of them is saying. I, I just, I'm just, I was annoyed by it. Um, and Army Hammer is a cannibal. There's another, <laughs> there's another movie on this list that I f- feel not as strongly about, but I also did not enjoy that everybody else loved. Oh, by the way, what do you guys think is number one? It's a homosexual movie, right? Yes. A homosexual, uh, a homosexual movie. movie. LGBTQ. It's a, it's, uh, yes. It's a swish movie. Um, I don't even know. The greatest LGBTQ film of all time. Honestly, I hope it's Moonlight. I really enjoyed Moonlight. That would be a good guess. Steve? I don't know. Okay. I can't think of it. So number seven is <clears throat> Ma Vie en Rose. Oh. That's a, it is a beautiful film. I didn't see that. Uh, this childhood trans identity remains a controversial subject, and Belgian director Alain Berliner's 1997 work was a bold early attempt to put it at the heart of a film. It stands up well to Georges Dufresne, Gives a beautiful central performance as Ludovic. The irreverent humor is a joy, and this is a solidly sympathetic portrayal, empathetic portrayal of a child pursuing happiness in a world that fears difference. Um, at number five, we have Pedro Almodovar's masterpiece, All About My Mother. This is a movie I love. I love every one of his movies. This rich, ripe, wrenching Oscar winner from 1999 may represent Almodovar's most generous Valentine to the community. Um, did either of you see it? No. no. Cecilia Roth is Manuela, a grieving mother searching Barcelona's colorful queer scene for the transvestite who unwittingly fathered her late son. If that sounds like a lot, Almodovar isn't afraid to overload his film, incorporating pregnant nuns, stage divas, and the AIDS crisis into a heady stew. It's a film that finally celebrates the togetherness of outsiders. I love that movie. Feels like a Saturday night in New York City. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> At number four is My Own Private Idaho, 1991. <laughs> this was huge. You guys are too young to remember, but this was a huge movie, a Gus Van Sant indie film starring River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves, one of River Phoenix's final movies. Um... They play a pair of rent boy drifters on the streets of Seattle. It's not a movie that I love. It's not really fun to watch, but it's beautiful. I mean, it's really, um, it's beautifully photographed and the performances are great. At number two is Boys Don't Cry. Oh. 1999, Hilary Swank playing Brandon Tina, a young transgender man murdered for living his truth in the American Midwest. Uh, you know, nowadays we there's a consciousness that trans actors should play trans roles, and I agree with that. But uh, this was 99 before yeah. anyone had raised that uh, to a degree enough that Hollywood listened. And um, Hilary Swank gives an Oscar-winning performance. She's amazing. She's incredible. And it was an important film. It's one of the first films um, about uh, 
hate crimes committed against trans people. And there haven't been many since. I'd be curious to watch it now, uh, you know, with all this uh, woke culture, even though I hate saying that phrase, but with all this education that we have on, on the way we feel life should be lived and to see how it stands up to today. True. <clears throat> Um, and I'm sorry to say, JB, Moonlight is not on this list, and that is bullshit. Yeah, like the fuck. It was. Like, oh that's God. a travesty. Yeah. I too Big travesty. think Moonlight should have been near the top, if not number one. Number one, in fact, is Brokeback Mountain. Ew, really? Yuck. This movie made $200 million worldwide, which means that it uh, it's the highest grossing gay romance movie of all time. Eight Oscar nominations. Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal star in the tragedy-bound love story as strapping sheep herders in 1960s Wyoming. Lines like, I wish I knew how to quit you, immediately entered the all-time quote list. And to this day, no one can look at a flannel shirt on a hanger without getting misty-eyed. Let me just say, again, one of these movies that bores me to fucking tears. It's yes! Awful. It's so bad. It's so it's not, bad. I don't think it's bad. I just I, think it's boring. It was based on a short story. And the reason why it was a short story is because <laughs> very little happens in that movie. A lot of cow riding scenes, a lot of boy riding scenes. There's a lot going on in that movie. You know who I actually love in that movie is Michelle Williams and Anne Hathaway. To me, they kind of steal the movie. Um, and it's sad because Heath Ledger, of course, died uh, shortly after. I think by the time the Oscars came out, he was gone. Or was that, the, was that when he was Joker? It was, was Joker. Joker. That was like yeah. the following yeah. year. Whatever. He died way too young. Um, these are not popular opinions about Call Me By Your Name and Brokeback Mountain, but I'm sticking to them. They're not good movies. Agreed. They, they yeah. go in the same uh, classification as a lot of quote-unquote classic movies from the 70s that everybody else loves that I hate. Yeah. And they include Chinatown, Carnal Knowledge, Shampoo, uh, so many movies that are oh, Midnight Cowboy. These movies are boring as sin. Nothing happens in them. You know what holiday movie I just saw for the first time? <laughs> What's that? Uh, Wizard of Oz. I've never seen it are before. Are you fucking kidding me? I just saw Get it two out. weeks ago for the first time. Get the fuck first out. of all, I'm in. I'm what kind of homosexual are you? I was born in Mexico, which is why my name is Steve Chasero Medina, as you say. Um, and I knew it was. It, it was. I'm sure it was something there. But when we come here, it just wasn't a movie that we saw. So like that, Gone with the Wind, Beaches. I saw for the first time like two years but ago. But Wizard of Oz is such a not just a quintessentially gay movie but it's such a children's movie no never watched it, it was my what did first you time. think um it was you know it's sort of like like you said it's so hyped up and then you see it and you're like oh it's a good movie and then i, I realized that i had a lot of quotes in my head of what i thought i had heard as a quote from that movie that were completely wrong but um yeah it was it's interesting to see why people love the movie and why it was such a great movie for its time um and you I had to love Judy. Of course. Well, she's Judy. And uh, it was fun picking apart uh, the, uh, what do you call it, plastic surgery that she had had. Did you know that she had her nose redone before the movie? I didn't know that. Yeah. So back, back in the day, they used to put these little rings inside their nostrils to tip their nose up just enough so that they would have a little um, more like that cartoony innocence to them when they were filming movies. That's so fucked up. Yeah, I looked it up. Can I just say, I enjoyed The Wiz more than The Wiz of Oz. I love the Wiz. Well, well because it's fantastic. Yeah. And also, The Wiz came out in the 1970s, so it's it's more updated for our sensibilities. Wizard of Oz, there's a lot of creepy shit in there, yes. including <laughs> dancing dwarves. <laughs> yeah. You know, that are used like, like they're treated like children. Also, the line with the bow in that hair, I mean, I, that was the gayest thing I've ever seen in my life. Which one? The lion, when he comes out with the bow oh, in yeah. his hair. Like, what the hell is going on? Oh, Dorothy, uh -huh. I'm so afraid. Yeah, he's kind of a homo. Yeah. Um, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I kind of wish I had been there with you to to watch it your first time. <laughs> I think I fell asleep. There's so times. many lines in that that my family, like to this day, my father will say, and Toto too? And Aww. we go, and Toto too. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, our first musical performance uh, for our Ass Holiday special comes from my name twin, Adam Schenk. He was on the Ass back in August and you know, Adam's a serious singer-songwriter, but he also runs a hilarious Instagram account called Pop Grinder, on which he posts original songs set to Grinder messages. So for the holiday special, he submitted a serious song. It's really beautiful. It's his version of Odd Lang Syne. So here he is, Adam Schenk. Should all the 
acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne for old lang syne my dear for old lang syne should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne and surely you will buy a cup and surely i'll buy mine we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old lang syne We too have run up round the hills and picked the daisies fine. We've wandered many weary foot since all langsine. We too have paddled in the stream. From morning sun to night, but the seas between us have roared and swelled since days of fault lang syne. For all lang syne, my dear, for all lang syne. A cup of kindness yet for all langsine. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for all How beautiful is that? It's so sweet. He's got such a nice voice, and you almost forget that he's the same person who sang, Looking for dirty tops to fuck my shitty hole. Looking for dirty tops to fuck my shitty hole. Which is from Pop Grinder. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to follow it. <laughs> so um, I don't know if you guys saw this. A few weeks back, uh, the internet went crazy because a RuPaul Christmas ornament was released yes. for sale, but it was not authorized by RuPaul or World of Wonder or anyone official. Here's what the ornament looked like. <laughs> Most people agreed that it looks more like Jennifer Holiday <laughs> than RuPaul. It looks like that ornament is about to start singing. <laughs> and I am telling you. They gave her some fillers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the internet basically went crazy. RuPaul tweeted... So first, Trixie Mattel tweeted about it. Um, she said she had she had purchased a dozen of those decorations, which bear zero resemblance to RuPaul. RuPaul tweeted back, catch me outside, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she later called the bootleg ornaments unauthorized crap that hashtag ruined Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Season nine contestant and All-Star five, All-Stars 5 winner Shea Coulee admitted that she spent $24 to purchase the ornament because she believes in supporting mother because she's done so much for me. <laughs> Season eight champion Bob the Drag Queen also used photo editing software to spruce up the ornament's appearance. Oh, right. After suggesting that longtime RuPaul friend and roaster Lady Bunny was behind the creation. <laughs> 
Fans can partake in Mama Roo-approved holiday festivities when VH1 debuts its new movie, The Bitch Who Stole Christmas, which features 20 drag, que- drag race queens, including Jan, Heidi M. Closet, Latrice Royale, Kylie Sonique, Kylie Sonique Love, Got Milk, Got Mick, and more. God, those are hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that came out December 2nd, so you can already watch it. Oh, it's so funny, though. Um, okay, this next uh, musical performance is by one of our favorites, our, our holiday staple, one could say, actress-singer Erica Amato. Um, this is her third year in a row performing for our holiday special, and she did something really cool for us this year. She recorded an original a cappella arrangement of White Christmas. She literally just whipped this up on the spot um, and then did some editing so that she could harmonize with herself. It's really beautiful. So here she is, Erica Amato. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow I'm dreaming of a white Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmas How beautiful. Hey. She's got such an awesome voice. Erica is the lead singer of Velvet Chain, known for their multiple appearances on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Check out their music at thevelvetchain.com, and you can follow Erica on her social media pages. Her name is spelled E-R-I-K-A-A-M-A-T-O. By the way, I just realized I forgot to give Adam Shank his plugs. So let me tell you that you can follow Adam Schenk, S-H-E-N-K, on his Instagram, which is Adam Schenk. You can also follow the hilarious Pop Grinder account at Pop Grinder, P-O-P-G-R-I-N-D-R. Um, I recommend you follow both. He's a great guy. So thank you, Adam, and thank you, Erica Amato. And speaking of music, Apple Music has re- uh, released its list of the most streamed songs of 2021. And just to show you how fucking old and out of touch I am, I don't think I have heard one of these songs. So I'm asking Steve and JB to perform them for you oh, God. Uh, as much as they can <laughs> as I read them backwards. I don't know if I know them. So we're going to start with number 10, Levitating, Dua Lipa featuring Da Baby. I don't, I don't know that one. I'm Steve? sure I know if I heard it, but... Because I love Dua Lipa. But... Isn't Da Baby the one that hates gay yes, people? Yes, it is. It's the one that is... Always, I think it's mean to Lil Nas X too. Yeah, he pops yeah. up a couple times in this list. Yeah, so. she she a bum bitch. I don't know why she on this list. Well, and also it proves to you that cancel culture doesn't exist. Yeah, right? because all all the people that were defending him were saying, "Oh, he's getting canceled. He's getting canceled." Yeah. He's in at least two of the top ten most streamed songs of the year. He's doing just fine. Uh, at number nine is something called "Dikiti" by Jay Cortez and Bad Bunny. No. I'm so glad you guys don't know either because I was really feeling like, God damn it, I'm an old fart. But have you seen what Bad Bunny looks like? He's yeah, he's sexy. So hot. Number eight is Stay by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Oh, see, it's not Stay by Aston Carlin and Zed. Um, shit. Anyone? No. All I'm thinking of is the other Stay. Just Stay a yeah. minute. We are so sad. Number seven is Good For You by Olivia Rodrigo. No? no, no. I listen to so much dance pop that, like, I'm sure if like Zed was on it, I'd probably. Yeah, it. the only good for you I'm thinking of is Selena Gomez. Number six is "Peaches" by Justin Bieber, featuring featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon or Giveon. No, no idea, oh, right? Justin Bieber making a comeback. Justin Bieber comes back again and again. I got to tell you something. Patrick and I watched his concert film on. Um, is he good? Yes. 
that's Justin Bieber's really talented. Well, yeah, he was talented to begin with. That's how he became famous, and then he became the weird Justin Bieber. That... Well, he's he's strangely compelling. Like his personality is clearly, an, it, it's all affected, right? Yes. It's all kind of a a, a a stage persona, but he does it very well. Uh, you you learn nothing about him. He doesn't reveal <laughs> anything, but yet you can't stop watching him. Uh, number five is Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. No. We're getting close to the top. I feel like I know Blinding Lights, but I can't. It's like at the tip of my tongue and I can't think of it. But Number four is For the Night by Pop Smoke featuring Lil Baby and Da Baby. Nope. Where do these kids get these names from these days? Number three. Oh, by the way, the capitalization and lack, lack thereof of these makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> Almost every one of these songs is all lowercase. And I fucking changed them when I created this list. Um, Positions by Ariana Grande. Switching the positions for you. Yes. In the kitchen and I'm in the bedroom. Okay. <laughs> Finally, we got one. Did you know that, Steve? I know, but I didn't know the melody because I don't remember. So Number two is Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> she turns up a lot here. Is that the one like she drives by She drives by her ex-boyfriend's house and like, they could have had artists. their life together? She's like 16 years old. Is that that song? You're asking me? I don't even know her. I don't know who Olivia Rodrigo is. I don't know her. She's my cousin. <laughs> I can say that. Olivia Rodrigo Medina. That was good. That was good. Of the Mexican. Hey, by the way, where do the accents really go in your so name? So it's Chasero. It's above the first day. And I'm Med- right. Yeah. And then Medina is just Medina. But what about Esteban? Is it Esteban or Esteban? Just Steve. Steve. I don't know. So my, my dad named me and my sister, and it were Steve, Christopher, Stephanie, Cristal. And then... Uh, my brother got the cool name, and he's Mauricio Stefan. Oh. Right? Like, that's a sexy name. Right. I got Steve. You got the gringo, gringo first name. Right. I got, like, both. That's like, do you remember um, Elian Gonzalez? Yeah. The Cuban yeah, yeah. refugee who got sent back? Yeah. Uh, his brother, I'll never forget, his brother's name was Iani, which is like a Cuban version of Johnny. Yeah. Right? Like, that's not a real <laughs> Spanish name. I Iani. thought you were going to say Bob. Eliana, Bob, Elian and Bob right. Gonzalez. Um, and the number one song, most uh, streamed song of 2021, according to Apple Music, I think I know this. It's BTS with Dynamite. Oh, that. Dun, 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 dynamite. Yeah. Gosh, I wish I knew Because K-pop dynamite. and anime became so huge. Let me share that. Um, when I was a child in high school, I used to listen to K-pop and anime. I got bullied for it. But now it's become such a fad and huge thing yeah. that people know about it. I'm very upset. K-pop is huge. Yeah. I'm just like, I felt like the K-pop, like, I, I can't go back to listen to K-pop the way I used to, because it's not the same. I don't know why it's not the same. It's not the same. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe I is old. There's some That's kind of old. weird Twitter th- phenomenon that happens sometimes when the when the far right is trying to make something trend, like Hunter Biden, or trying to slam the left in some way. K-pop fans will start t- tweeting using those search terms with just pictures of BTS. Really? And it like takes over the, the Twitter and becomes like the the top tweets. It's, it's very a, funny. They're smart people. Yeah, those BTS devoted people. fans. Um, all right, so let's do our next song, which is by So Brown. We had singer songwriter So Brown on the ass back in 2018. Um, really, an interesting interview. If you want to go back and listen. She is, excuse me, so is non-binary, and they grew up in Alabama. And for our special, they sent us a really hauntingly beautiful original song called Christmas in Alabama. So here they are, So Brown.
song i like christmas songs that are like melancholy yeah you know that's sort of my favorite thing so brown spells their name so brown like the color you can follow them on insta at sweet so brown and check out their website at sobrownmusic.com thank you so for submitting that beautiful song you know a lot of gay celebrities are releasing holiday songs and holiday duets this time of year and one of the strangest and most hilarious is Cheyenne Jackson, Broadway hunk, whom I would like to climb like a tree, um, he teamed up with Leslie Jordan, a.k.a. Beverly Leslie, oh and they um, they released a version. Of, uh, we've actually sung this before, Steve, with the chorus. It's the little drummer boy slash Peace on Earth, oh. that thing that um, yeah. that David Bowie did with Bing Crosby in 1977. Um, Leslie Jordan said this song— this song is special to me because never in my dreams did I think I would get to sing my favorite song with one of my best friends. Aww. Cheyenne Jackson's voice is the perfect gift for all of us during the holidays. Um, the Christmas classic Little Drummer Boy dates back to the 1940s. That's actually one of my favorite Christmas songs. But most people know it after the version that Bing Crosby and David Bowie did on Bing Crosby's 1977 Christmas special. And that song became a surprise hit. Wow. Leslie Jordan has recently branched out into singing. Uh, he released his debut album last April. Um, both Jackson and Jordan posted snippets of the track to their social media, and you can also hear it on YouTube. So check that out. Jack Cheyenne Jackson said on Insta, I'm the Bowie to his Bing. Um, I'm so honored to have been asked to record it with my compadre, the Leslie Jordan. Meanwhile, Adam Lambert has teamed up with Darren Chris. They Ooh. they um released a big band version of Everybody's Waiting for the Man with the Vag Um and finally Elton John has teamed up with Ed Sheeran to record an original holiday song called Merry Christmas. It's a very original title. Um <laughs> but we shouldn't make fun of it because profits go to the Elton John AIDS Foundation and Ed Sheeran's Suffolk Music Foundation. So good cause. Yeah. Fun gay duets. Elton's been making a comeback recently. He's been hopping on all these pop, uh, pop stars with, uh, you know, duetting with people. He did the one with Dulipa, which I love. It's a good... Uh, Elton? Yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but it's a great song. <laughs> um, and now I guess he's doing with Ed Sheeran, who's also just done a change. He was the... Wait, know, like, what did you just call his last name? Ed Sheeran. Is that... Sheeran. Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Shireen. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Listen. Shireen um, will be competing on season 14. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, it's cool. I love Ed Sheeran. Me too. He's on Howard Stern a lot, and he's he's a really cool guy. Is he really? Mm -hmm. oh. So we're actually running early. Uh, it's only it's super uh, early. We got like twenty. We got twenty minutes, minutes left to fill, and very little content. But fortunately, I came prepared yes. with extra stories, and this was something I wanted to do last week, but we ran out of time. Um, you know, a lot of you are traveling this time of year, although maybe not as many of you as would have traveled had it not been for the Omicron variant. <clears throat> <laughs> 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 
But here's a story that I printed out back in 2019, July of 2019, and I've had it in my folder ever since, waiting, waiting for the moment when I needed to fill dead air. What a this great is Christmas gift right now. Get ready, everyone. This is 10 hotel tips that no one ever taught you. Ooh. So the next time you're staying in a hotel, or if you're listening to this in a hotel with a hooker, here are things to keep in mind. Put a dollar on the pillow. Uh, uh, <laughs> Number one, the remote is gross. The Times asks, what is touched by everyone but rarely cleaned? The hotel remote control. A quick swipe with some baby wipes or a damp, not wet hand towel should help a bit. Um... Tip number two, 20 degrees Celsius is 68 degrees Fahrenheit. I always get fucked up by Celsius. Why can't the world just be on one thing? America. It should be our thing. I'm sorry. I am going to be a gross American and just say that our way – because you know why? I've actually heard read some cogent arguments for why it sh things should be Fahrenheit and not Celsius. Because a one degree in Celsius makes a significant difference. Yes. Whereas one degree in Fahrenheit, you barely feel. So if you're trying to gauge exactly how you should dress, you know, one degree might make the difference in Celsius. But we have like a five or ten degree range there. Uh, anyway, if you need to set the thermostat in your room anywhere outside the U.S., 20 is a good place to start. Nice and chilly. This one I just know instinctively. Be skeptical of drinking glasses, especially if the hotel yes. lacks a restaurant. Generally speaking, drinking glasses are cleaned after every guest. Uh, but if there's no on-site restaurant, then how are they cleaned? Presumably by hand in that sink in your bathroom. And they don't have dishwashing soap in there. No. They're basically just rinsing that shit out and then drying it with a cloth. I've heard it was Windex, that they use Windex to clean it out, which is why it's always it looks really clean, but you get that weird taste. Right. So. Well, the Times suggests that you give the glasses a rinse and a sniff, which is also how I feel about a strange but. dick and a strange butt. That actually is so – I've said this before. That's my rule is if I don't know the person, you give a quick little whiff. If it smells like bounty and soap, we're good to go. I like when it smells like bounce fabric softener. Yes. That's when you know you got a nice fresh dick. Exactly. Um, but yes, uh, I have to tell you, I'm very sensitive to any kind of uh, dishwasher residue. So – Especially when it's someone else's dishwasher, because I don't trust that other people clean their filters. Remember when I taught you this? <laughs> you have to clean your dishwasher filter regularly, otherwise your dishes will taste like ass. Or like egg. They will shade. <laughs> Adam for those of you that don't know, Adam came up to my place upstate and he said, Let me do the dishes for you. And I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. Meanwhile, he takes I the I took a sniff. <laughs> takes the filter out of my dishwasher and goes, You know you're supposed to clean these right. And now I've cleaned it. Like you said, once a week I take it out and I wipe yeah. it out. That's so great. basically before I drink out of any glass, I rinse it just because who the hell knows the last thing that was in yep. there and if it was really cleaned properly by a dishwasher or by hand. Um, also, here's a little tip for you wine connoisseurs. When you order wine at a fancy restaurant and they bring out the bottle and they bring out your glass and they want you to taste it before they pour the whole glass, before you let them pour a drop in, sniff the glass. Because if the glass has any soap residue on it, that's going to totally affect the taste of the wine. So you should smell nothing. If you smell nothing, then you say, okay, now. And then they spit in your food later because you're being a bougie cunt. <laughs> they probably ordered a bagel with low-fat cream cheese. Exactly. Capers <laughs> and a tomato. Um, okay, don't put your luggage on the bed. Huh. I think I knew this too. Bed bugs are vampires. They're like mosquitoes, but worse. Putting your luggage on the bed can give them a free ride to your next location, like the house. The luggage rack might not be a good option either, since it's usually close to the bed. Your best bet is to put your luggage in the bathroom. What? And then give the bed, rack, and <laughs> chair slash sofa a close look. Also, don't assume that just because the hotel is super posh that it can't have bed bugs. Uh, they might have more means to get rid of the problem, but it can happen anywhere. We know this because yeah. a few years ago there was a bed bug epidemic at some of the fanciest New York hotels. It was everywhere on the trains and stuff. In the movie theaters, remember? Yeah. Yeah. It sort of went away. It do did. You, just it in time for down. COVID. Yeah. yeah. Do you unpack in hotels? Like, do you guys take your. No, clothes? never. I never take my shit out I, in hotels. Like, it never goes on my bed. It, like, I never put my clothes on the bed. 
None of that shit. Because I don't trust none of that shit. JB could have written this article. Yeah. Like, wow. some of these stories is, is kind of self-known. Like, every time I went to a hotel, I always brought my own cups. Like, get plastic cups. Wow. It depends on how many days I'm staying. If I'm staying for a whole week, I have to unpack yeah. because I have to see what I have. Like, when I was on tour and, you know, I was living out for two and a half years, I would always unpack. I would always set my stuff out, have light my little candle. Just felt like I, I guess Living out of a space. suitcase yeah. isn't fun. Um, okay, bring long cables for your phone or a travel power strip. As the number of devices needing to charge increases, the number of outlets available in hotel rooms stays the same. The writer says, I have stayed in new hotels with zero easily accessible plugs. Um, uh, so, yeah, bring cables, bring charging stations, bring power strips. Those are all good things to have in a hotel room. Um, the Times says, yes, you can take those little shampoo bottles. No, you cannot take the robe. Some hotels give the remaining soaps uh, and shampoos to charities, charities like Clean the World. It's worth checking if they do before you take it with you. Um, but you may take it with you. Just don't bring, you know, don't steal a pillow or a blanket or a robe or a towel. Uh, when you are ready to go to bed, you should lock, latch, and put out the do not disturb sign. Housekeeping comes early. Um, enabling the safety latch also lets you open the door to see if it really is management uh, knocking while preventing said knocker from unexpectedly opening the door fully. Uh, the time suggests you take a picture of, of your safe code. Yeah. Very smart. I do this at the gym. We have um, code locks at our gym, at my gym. And uh, I, I remember my code because it's the same every time, but I have to take a picture of what locker I'm at. Otherwise, I will never remember. You go to Temple, right? Yes. Well, it's because it's so dark down there. It's like a it little dungeon. It is dark. It's like a little bathhouse. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it. okay, I've never stolen a towel except for this one time where the hotel I went to had really soft towels. And I was like, <laughs> you know, sis, <laughs> this is my now. You a are a criminal. I, uh, <laughs> Do you still have the towel? Uh, no, my friend has a towel, though. She still has it. Fuck her. I want it back. But At least someone's enjoying it. Yeah, someone's enjoying the towel. That isn't me. The Times <laughs> says laundry is expensive. Uh, don't ever, you know, give your laundry to the hotel to do. Um, you should definitely pack light enough that you... Uh, wait a minute. You should definitely pack light enough that you'll need to do laundry on any trip longer than a week, though. Some hotels, and nearly all hotels, have inexpensive laundry facilities on site or nearby. The staff will uh, usually help you find a place. There's always washing in the sink, too, which is free if you have the time. And finally, the last tip is don't stay in a hotel. Stay in a hostel. Really? The writer says, I've spent the majority of nights during my extended travels of the last five years in hostels. They can be great, but they're invariably uh, expensive. Oh, I'm sorry. Hotels can be great, but they're invariably expensive. Hostels probably aren't what you think and can be a great way to save money and meet new people. You know, I watched the movie Hostel, all three. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm an American tourist. I, I'm going to, they're going, they're going to kidnap me and take my shit. That goes I'm to me. I, I don't trust people. Yeah, I'm good. I, am I haven't totally stayed good. in a hostel since I was a teenager and was on a bike trip. For the summer, and it was great. Like, yeah. if you're a teenager or a young person in your 20s, let's say, I think hostels are great. Uh, you have to be very I'm too old you're sleeping and too with persnickety someone... yeah. to, to be staying in a hostel. With a foreigner. It's like you don't even know who the person is. They could, oh my God, they could be murderers. What if they don't huh? shower? Um, or that. Well, what in if... Europe, most of them See. don't shower. What if See. they don't clean their dishwasher? Then what? Oh my God. <laughs> Disgusting. I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. All right, so I'm trying to time this out. So we have about seven or eight minutes, seven minutes remaining. So let me see if I have a quick story we can do, and then we're going to play Ask Me No Questions with Steve. I'm very excited about this. See, now this is one that I wanted to save for when Ryan was here. I think I'm going to save this for January 8th, which yeah. is 10 ways RuPaul's Drag Race has changed the world for the better. Yeah, that is not for me. That should be, that should um, be right. Okay, let's do some of these amazing facts that everyone should know but don't. So prepared. Uh, okay, here's a crazy, weird fact. Wilfred Brimley, do you remember him? Mm -hmm. He was the, if you've got diabetes. Diabetes, diabetes and also Cocoon, and he was in a million movies. He was Howard Hughes' bodyguard when he was young. Really? You guys know who Howard Hughes was? Yeah. Eccentric, multimillionaire, didn't bathe. He must have been like a big guy then, because he seems so small on TV. Like, oh, no, he was always kind of big. No, but I mean, like, he must have been tall too, right? 
I think he was maybe like one of those short, stocky boxer types. Oh, got it. Um, The American Psychiatric Association's DSM-5 handbook classifies caffeine withdrawal as a mental disorder. Yeah, I could see that. Migraines. You get migraines if you don't drink caffeine. The word unfriend appeared first appeared in print in 1659. <gasps> Facebook was alive and well. Yeah, time. we think of it as something new. Uh, between 1900 and 1920, the tug of war was an Olympic event. I would like to see that. What was that show that just did it? It was like the life and death, uh, uh, the game, Squid Game. The, uh, they had I the game. Watched of, that yet. Oh, sorry, spoiler. <laughs> but tug of war was one of the uh, the games they played. Here's a cute fact. Sea otters hold hands when they sleep so they don't drift apart. Oh, they're so cute. Actually, I knew that fact. I love that fact. Yeah. How did, did you, you know, know all... that? <laughs> because animal planet and like otters also do terrible things to baby seals. But we're not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> but if the, if the otter and baby seal ever made a baby, I'll be down for that because I'd be the cutest baby ever. That's cute. so adorable. Yeah. And finally, a California woman once tried to sue the makers of Captain Crunch because Crunch Berries contained... No berries of any kind. <laughs> they lie. She needs to get fucked hard, in my opinion. By That's Captain my diagnosis. Crunch. By Captain Crunch. Okay, uh, we're now going to do something we've never done before, which is we're going to play Ask Me No Questions with my co-host. Yay. Hit it, JB. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. Now, Steve could have read these questions in advance because I did send you the rundown, <laughs> but you didn't read them. I did not read them. So here we go. I'm nervous. Where is the most inappropriate place you've ever had sex? In the elevator closet of a gym building. Wait, what's an elevator closet? It's the the mechanics room. If you go behind an elevator, there's like the mechanic oh room. Oh my! It was right there. Oh my! <laughs> was it fun? Of course it was. How? It's a how long did time you get ago. In the room, like what? Like was the plan? Like did you did it, you knew the mechanic? Like... So it was. It was this a long time ago, and it was this person that I knew. He was the manager of the gym. Um, and I forget what I was, I was probably between auditions or something. And he was like, I know where to go. And I was like, okay. So he unlocked the thing. We went back there. And we had... So you had to like be with him and you couldn't oh, have yeah, just yeah, done yeah. this no, with no, anyone. No, no, no. Okay. Fun. This is here in New York Good City. to know. Yeah. What is the sexiest part of a man's body? But It's so interesting to me because you are more of a bottom. Yeah, but I do love, but actually a butt bottom. and, <laughs> and uh, I love smiles too. Like if you have a really kind, warm smile. That like wins the day. So smile. Let's say smile first, butt second. What if your butt smiles? <laughs> then it's the best of both worlds. So then I'll yeah. wink back at you. Hey, now. <laughs> with my butt. <laughs> Are you a rimmer? Do you like to rim? I do. You and Ryan. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. You're both bottoms who love ass. Yeah. I I appreciate a good ass, but I I could take it or leave it. I'm all yeah. about the dick. You know, it's funny. It's as long as you're is fun. Then the dick doesn't really matter. Like a tiny, sorry if anybody listening has a tiny dick, but tiny dicks. I'm very offended. They're, 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 <laughs> I feel very attacked. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's, you know, if you're really good, then it, the size doesn't really matter. Good Just for you. Steve, no, if you could get. Hold on. Because uh, I, I may mention about this because it matters. Like, again, I'm a chick with a fat ass. I can't have no tiny dick because I won't feel anything. Like, uh, how? Yeah. Like, Don't want no short dick. Yeah. Thing. Like, no no offense to any tiny dick. Tiny dick people out there, like I respect you guys, but you can't come to me because my cheeks won't allow you to have fun. Fair, fair enough. Which is why I'm like, hey, you know, tiny dicks are. I'm just sorry to anybody that's listening yeah, to this tiny dick. Happening with <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, if you could get fucked by one porn star, who would it be? Only because I know this person. I actually don't watch porn, um, mm-hmm. but Rocco Steele. Oh my God, that's my answer. <laughs> but I also know fully that I couldn't take it. I could take about a third of his dick, and I'm then sure I would be like, the get out, get out, get out. He would fuck me, too. He told me he would. <gasps> Bring him on the show. We've sexted each other. Um, he was on the show. Did you not listen yeah, to Yeah, yeah, he was on the fucking oh, show recently. this past year. Uh, yeah, right yeah. Yes, right yes, before 2021. You're right. I'm sorry. End of 2020, he was awesome. Yeah. Okay, F. Mary Kill, Steve edition. And there aren't that many famous Steves, so okay. here you go. Okay. Steve Martin, yeah. Steve Carell, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You got to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. Stone Cold Steve Austin would be fuck. Correct. Steve Martin would be kill. I find him so annoying. Um, and Steve Carell, I guess, would be Mary. You know, those are my answers, too. Yeah. And as a former comedian, I'm supposed to worship Steve Martin. <sighs> and I do like him as a person and an actor. I love him in movies. I do not find his comedy remotely funny. No. I never thought anything he did on SNL was funny. I don't get it. Stupid comedy is so, un- it's annoying to me. It's like, 
like that sort of slapstick it like hits the lowest common denominator it's just it's not interesting to me and that's sort of right no i mean i think Steve, he's but... a genius i just don't like his brand of comedy okay um by the way stone cold steve austin still hot yes. i googled it yeah perform your best fake orgasm for us <laughs> i've been told i've been really loud <laughs> and i need to shut up back away from the mic and then do it <laughs> what do you oh Oh yeah! Oh, 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 fuck yeah! <laughs> nice, very, very nice. It's probably fake. Oh, no, I was supposed to hit the applause and I hit the fart. Yeah. Really, and that finally, in Steve, there. you're a singer. Give us a few bars of Winter Wonderland. What is Winter Wonderland? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh. Uh, sleigh bells ring, are you ringing? Are you da, 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 da. It's a beautiful sight we're having tonight, walking in a winter wonderland. Yay! <laughs> beautiful. Steve Chazaro. Steve Chathero. <laughs> Thank you for that. How can people follow you online, Steve? Uh, Steve Chazaro Medina on Facebook and Cub Mexi on Instagram. JB. At Stocky Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. Thank you both so much. Tune in next week. Steve will be back with me as we co-host a brand new special, The Best of Ass, Best of 2021. Hey. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Insta at adamsank and on TikTok at adamsankofficial. Email me your dick pics, not your whole pics, at adam at adamsank.com. Merry Christmas. Have a great week, bitches. And finally... We come to the end of the show and a musical performance by my very own boyfriend, the mega-talented Patrick Bod, who co-hosted this show with me just a few weeks ago. Uh, Patrick is a real singer-songwriter who plays guitar and keyboard. You can follow him on Insta at Patrick underscore Bod. That's B-O-D-D. Um, you can also find his music on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music under the name Patrick Spencer. That's his middle name, but he used to go under that. Uh, he usually sings original songs, and he's really good at it. But for our special, I asked if he would sing my favorite Christmas song. So here he is to end our show, Patrick Bod, and we wish you all a Merry Little Christmas. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Let your heart be light Next year all our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Tide From now on all troubles will be miles away Once again as in olden days happy No.